The following podcast is a program segment from the Midday Moments program with Gary Duncan. Join Gary for two hours of sacred music, along with moments of faith, family, and fun. Listen to AM 850 in St. Louis, or on the live stream at kfuo.org. Christ for you, anytime, anywhere, KFUO Radio. Music with a message on the Messenger of Good News, KFUO Worldwide at KFUO.org, AM 850 here in the St. Louis region. This is the Midday Moments program. I'm your host, Gary Duncan. It's time now for our Moment of Faith with Pastor Doug Nicely of Jerusalem Lutheran Church in Collinsville, Illinois. And Doug, we're on the Sixth Commandment today, right? Yes, we are, Gary, and it's kind of an interesting commandment all by itself, uh, because it's probably one of the most politically incorrect commandments that we have in the culture in which we live. (laughs) Here's the commandment. You should not commit adultery. Martin Luther explains it to us in this sentence. We are to fear and love God so that in matters of sex, our words and conduct are pure and honorable, and the husband and wife should honor and respect each other. That same St. Paul explained it in another way in one of his letters, why sexual sin is so harmful. He says, every other sin a person commits is outside the body, but the sexually immoral person sins against his own body. The strange thing is this verse is uh, written uh, 20 centuries ago, but it sounds like we're talking about something that's going on in our Western world today. Right, and it seems like now people aren't even embarrassed by that sin. They just flaunt it. Yeah, and uh, what's interesting, I did. A l- I was doing a little bit of reading today, and I, I kind of read a book at a time, especially during these pandemic days. And right now I'm reading a book uh, written by C.S. Lewis called Mere Christianity. And what I like so much about this book is that it was written as a series of radio broadcasts. Isn't that cool? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so each of the chapters are short because you can only talk so long on the radio. Right. We have the total script here. And this is one about sexual morality, this chapter. Let me read for you a little bit from it. He says, uh, the biological purpose of sex is children. This is the biological purpose of eating is to repair the body. And he said, we don't have obsession with one in the same way, but we do, but we do in other ways. He uses these two examples in an illustration. He said, you can get a large audience together for a striptease act, that is to watch a girl undress on stage. Now suppose you come to a country where you could fill a theater simply by bringing out a covered plate onto the stage and then slowly lifting over its cover so that everyone sees just before the lights went out and it contains a pork chop or a bit of bacon. Would you think that in that country something had gone wrong with the appetite for food? And would not anyone who had grown up in a different world think there was something strangely queer about the state of our sex instinct among us? And Gary, he wrote this in the 1940s. Wow. Interesting commentary. It huh? really is. And he said, you know, this has been going on for 20 years now. I, I thought it was going on since the 1960s. Apparently, as far as he was concerned, it's been going on since the 1920s. <laughs> and, of course, it's uh, there's that sin in the Bible as well, so it's been going on forever. Forever, right. Basically, since the Garden of Eden, mm-hmm. God has provided a way for us to keep this commandment. And that is for, uh, as Luther says, uh, husband and wife should respect each other with reverence. I remember going through, um, and, and it's probably been the case for uh, 
uh, for for your kids when we did premarital counseling in your house, mm-hmm. uh, going through the First Corinthians passage, it says, "Love is patient, love is kind, love is not love is not envious or jealous or boastful." And I always ask the couple at that particular point, "Is that the way you love each other?" And remember, they're preparing to get married, right. and and of course they all smile and say yes, and I have to smile back to them and say, "No, this is something you're going to have to learn." And it's years and years of marriage that teaches us finally what. Uh, what it's like to be able to be somebody who understands what love is really all about, because being patient, kind, not jealous or envious is something you got to work on. It's homework, and it goes on for years and years. As long as the marriage, it goes on. Yeah, and you learn to appreciate more and more what you have, uh, and, and that may be the main reason why you got married instead of what you were sold with the idea. Right. These are the lyrics from a young Christian husband named Paul Marino in a song titled My Love. This song describes a husband who goes to a nursing home at 8 a.m. every day to see the woman to whom he has been married for 60 years. He hasn't missed a day visiting her in the past two years, even though some days she can't remember his name. And the chorus at the end of each of the verses describes the marriage at its best. And the chorus goes, I will always love you. I will be faithful. I will be there through each and every storm. As sure as there is a heaven up above, I will always love you, my love. And what's amazing is that as the song goes on and that chorus is sung over and over again, by the time you get to the end of the song, you have tears in your eyes. I bet. Because you understand how how love works and how it continues to go. And I see that when I visit my mother in the nursing home she lives in, there's a gentleman that comes in every day, and uh, and you could tell that his wife's not fully functioning as far as her mental capacities of even recognizing him. But he comes in every day uh, and talks to her and spends a couple hours with her. And that's love, my friends. That's love there. It is. And it's love that uh, we promised a long time ago when we said we will be faithful to each other till death we should part. And that takes a lot of commitment. It takes an enormous amount of commitment. and I don't see that in the culture in which we live. Part of it, I think, is that we just don't really understand. Some people have a real problem with St. Paul talking about wives submitting to their husband as to the Lord, but they forget uh, the same context. The apostle talks about husbands loving their wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. St. Paul's paragraph in, uh, in Ephesians actually begins with the instruction, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. I believe the sixth commandment is teaching us how it is that we can learn to submit to one another. And uh, we learn that over years and years. And we learn that even more when our children are raised and when our grandchildren are raised. And that's what we understand as the biblical context for uh, keeping the uh, sixth commandment. Let me have a little prayer with you, okay, dear? Sounds good. Lord, teach us today, once more, that love isn't ours when we get what we want, but it's ours when we submit and give ourselves as Christ has done for us. For we pray in the name of Jesus, the bridegroom, to whom he has redeemed and called us his bride. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Doug. Talk to you next week. welcome, Gary. We are listener-supported AMA 50 KFUO Worldwide at KFUO.org.